Welcome to the Rush Valley Podcast, where we talk about all things outdoors and hopefully some badass stories. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 22, back with the mule and Shane Elson. What's What's up? up? What's up, Um, Shane? Are you there? Here I am. Season's uh, three days away. Right. Waited all summer for season, and now it's here. And I'm still not ready somehow, and I've been getting ready for four months. Are you ready, Shane? Born ready. (laughs) Well, you spent enough time, I'm sure. uh, You should be halfway ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Just a couple late things. Right. Late stuff to get done, but. Picked up another couple acres to hunt, so I guess you got do a little bit of that. We did a last minute food plot for that. Yeah. I sprayed a couple spots and we didn't even till where I sprayed. Right. <laughs> you like doing that stuff. So. Yeah. But it grows better. Right. How many uh how many food plots did you get in this year? Three. Three decent sized ones. Don't underestimate the three. How many acres do you think you planted in food plots? I mean you're pretty much farming now. Might as well. Only the deer would pay it back. Well they will. Maybe. They have already. I ain't getting paid from them yet, but maybe one day. How many you got, Tristan? Um, Sorry, I got distracted. A flock of geese just came by. We should get out <laughs> on the goose season. Um, gosh. Uh, one, two, seven, eight, something like that. Small little. Yeah, small kill plots. I have, I have two behind my house. Um, Two at one property, two at another, two at another, two at another, and one at the last one. Right. So, yeah. We're running with two mics today, so we got to switch between. Yeah. Mics. So. And we just kind of fixed our audio, so hopefully it sounds a little better. Shane's our tech guy and our plumber now. Yeah. All around good guy. I mean, he's a dad. Maybe someday a husband. We'll see. Um, just, no, this year just we went. Turned twenty four. Yeah, getting, getting old. Going to Nashville Oof. on bow opener. On bow opener. That's that's adulting there at its finest. Going to Nashville. That's yeah. when you know you've yeah gotten older. Skipping opener. Won't hunt till October. Well, there's a cold front on opener, so a lot of big bucks are going to die. Yeah, I I didn't hunt last year um, until I think like. September 30th I sat once and then I didn't even hunt again until like October 20th because I was so busy with the wedding and right. a bunch of crap I did I last suppose. year but but this year I'm like I got more flexibility in my schedule every cold front I'm going I don't even have a buck to shoot but I'm gonna go look at deer right no I'm excited for this year I got in oh how many one two three three and a half food plots <laughs> halfer yeah I was like uh god I hope I get rain right I did, this last one was like, I think I told you guys about it. It was, I just took a sieve from our garage that my grandpa had, maybe my great grandpa. And it's about as sharp as a wooden pencil. Oh, so, so. it cut pretty nice. And then I just kicked the thatch out of there. I was, my thought was the weeds aren't going to come back a little bit harder this time of year for weeds to come back after you cut them. And it's been pretty cold in the mornings now. So yeah, for sure. Threw some seed out there, and hopefully something grows. I guess I don't really care. I just was more so like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if there was a food plot at this spot. So Even yeah, if I get some to hold up for you know a couple seconds or something, right? Something. Right. Um, but I think I don't know. We we got some pretty good plots in this year. Every year we get a little bit better, a little bit bigger. Definitely. I think, I think Shane's probably got the best plots. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of a lot of good plantings going on. Well, you got the corn and soybeans, plus you did the new mix from rack fuel this year on the outside of that. There's a lot of food in, in one of your plots. That one, yeah, there's a lot of food there. but Well, in both plots, there's a lot of food, but the weeds are the worst thing. Like, my beans didn't really. The only beans they didn't eat were covered in grass, and I don't know how they even grew, but I just sprayed them, like, a month ago. Right. Are you... Do you think next year maybe fence off your beans? Try to 
Or is uh, it I think just the problem hard? is, is I, I was planning on, so the, the field is three acres about, it's like 2.97 acres. And I was planning on doing an acre of corn, acre of beans, and then just shy of an acre of the new, the yeah. new mixes and stuff. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I guess the, the plant, the corn planter went a little crazy. So I ended up with about, I don't know, probably an acre and a half of corn, um, one pass of beans, and then the rest rack field stuff. Right. And they pretty much ate the beans right away. Yeah. I, but I, I just relied on the, uh, old wicked greens. I, if I have much to choose anywhere, right? if I got to choose, I think we've talked about this before, but yeah, I think that wicked greens mix from rack fuel is pretty money. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's really versatile. So, right. Right. There's, it's, it, it's going to grow. Like you got your radishes, your forage, what is it? Forage rye, forage oats, and then, uh, your radishes. And then there's some peas in there too. Or is that the, that I mean, might be the new one. I don't know if there's any peas in Wicked Greens. No, there, uh, there's oh, there's there's some beans or whatever they are. I don't know what there it is. could be. Yeah, but I it's, can't a, it's a really good mix. I like that. Um, every, pretty much every um, every spot that I planted the new mix and Wicked Greens are fairly similar. Um, it they came up really nice, right? Um, and my I have an own the season plot below my house. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Besides the weeds. Well, the one side's great. The other side, I got water hemp in, so, you know, it's freaking right. water hemp. You right. know, so I'll have to kill it next year on that side. But the um, the west side of it looks looks awesome. Right. Like, um, probably one of the prettiest plots I've ever had. Right. Are you guys hunting over all of your plots? No, not until there's a reason to. Right. I probably won't sit so like every one of my plots except I still got to hang some um I, I still got one stand to hang that I want to get up at well not stand just sticks mm-hmm. so I can hang a stand when I hunt it and then I want to get one more mock scrape set up right and other than that I have a mock scrape a camera on every single food plot and, and I I'm not gonna sit unless I there's a reason to you think about like our buddy Jordan, he's got three acres of straight corn and then went into like broadcasted in some rack fuel mixes in there and stuff. But like you can only, you know, you think about early season hunting corn, it's hard to hunt that, you know, like they're not just, you right. can't hunt it, but he did cut a bunch of strips through it. Yeah. You know, what's cut. interesting this year too, is cause we got great rain like early summer. Right. Um, so like, a lot of the crops did good, but this last five weeks have been really dry. And I've noticed like beans are, beans are going mm-hmm. like they're fast. There's, you know, at this time last year, I knew of, um, like two or three bean fields in my area that were still really green mm-hmm. and actually opening day, I watched a, you know, a four year old feed in it. Like right. they were still kind of stuck to that summer pattern, green beans, um, type deal. But this year with this drought, all those beans are pretty much dead. Right. Um, so I think there's going to be a little stall here between beans and when they get on get on the corn that they're going to hit green. Right. And I, I think part of that was due to um, an early plant, not necessarily an early planting season, but everyone able to get their beans in right away. Because you think about beans and whatever, you don't have to get too into it. But mm-hmm. everyone was able to plant their beans kind of now it's done so the maturity of the beans it just it's they're mature it's not based on you know necessarily the weather wise of just being dry part of it is yeah but it's they got them in at a a timely manner so now that they're you know they're ready to go you think about it mid-september is when people start you know end of september people start to combine beans and that's what will happen this year some some will, you know, be a little later, and some of their maturities maybe are a little later. But so, hear me out on this one. We kind of had like an early, early summer drought too. There's yep. kind of been two little droughts this summer, you mm-hmm. know. And the acorns dropped really early this year. Yeah. So I've kind of had this idea that there could be, you know, your so-called October lull could be not there this year because. Mm-hmm our huge acorn drop was way early. Right. And with the beans 
and the corn, you know, maturing way earlier. I don't know. I mean, there could be a possibility that a lot of big deer died just because they're they're not switching from you know their their patterns in September, and then going right into the pre rut. You know, right? They kind of skip a phase through there that they normally have. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys, I don't know. You guys break that down a little bit. Well, right. I I think you know they're always going to have that little. I think a transition in that you know, that mid to late October where, you know, the big bucks are feeling, you know, something, you know, their testosterone, whatever it is, starts to pick up. The little bucks are, you know, ramming around trying to get some tail early. But there's probably always going to be that little transition area. I don't know if, who knows if it has something to do with, you You know, you can't, you can't decide what a deer is going to do necessarily. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to tell. I would honestly say like it's the first half of october um is what is considered the lull but don't you think it might be based more based off of losing the daylight and the deer just naturally are like stuck like what you and me were talking about the other day we seen a couple bucks right at dark you know we're starting to lose that last half hour right now and those deer that i was watching three weeks ago right before dark now they're coming out at dark right so um I almost just think, you know, with the, with the drastic daylight loss that we have here in the next, you know, three, four weeks, right. I almost wonder if that's where this, this October lull mindset comes from because we everybody's like, you know, the deer aren't moving like they just were. Um, I'm not seeing them. They're switching their patterns because the beans are getting picked. The corn's not quite ready and we're going to green. You know, I just, yeah. I think it's more of a, of a food slash you know, daylight change and nobody's cameras are set for that change. They're right. set for either like you and me both. We have mock scrape sets and food pot sets and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we're not, we're not setting to catch the buck. That's wherever he's betting right now to head a different direction to maybe find a green field. That's Southeast of him when he's been feeding Northwest all summer. Right. You know, I, you know, I wonder if that's more in play than, than the acorn or right. or other food source, you know. Shane, go go into it a little bit. You had kind of told me earlier, and I wasn't opposed to it, and I just, you know, we think about mock scrapes or we think about licking branches and stuff like that. And it was probably two, three weeks ago, so late, mid to late August, um, you had kind of said you should put a licking branch out, and I'm like, oh, I'll get one out. You know, it's just like no big deal and you're like no we're going to hang a camera let's just put one out and boom hammered instantly and then it's just like deer after deer after deer they they never walk through without not touching it go into why you like to do you know go into it i just want to hear your theory on it yeah i guess there's i mean it's hard nowadays because there's so many guys making content especially on that that topic alone you know mock scrapes a lot of guys like ropes a lot of guys like vines just a branch, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. Right. And uh, I guess no matter what you use, it's the same thing with watering holes, food plots. You're essentially, like Tristan said earlier, you're just trying to get them to, to stop or take a certain trail other than the other four that they could walk down, you know. And that's kind of my theory is, like, if I can get a deer, even a doe, you know, if I can get a doe to stop early season on a mock scrape, then you got a perfect shot. She's... She's thinking about the mock scrape, and she's not listening, and she's got her guard down, you know? Yep. Got her head hitting the branch. It's making a little noise, so it's kind of got your cover, you know? Right, and I, I think more, not more so, I think um, this early season rubbing, you know, licking branch kind of thing, they just get used to that, and it's that community, you know, walk by and, you know, go through, check it out, and then all of a sudden, that season comes around where bucks are looking for that and they've hit that they've hit their other ones they've hit they've come through and that's been hit every year and or all year you know and it's like here here it comes you know that that rut so call i guess if you have a rut yeah so i guess i got a couple questions i i believe we all pretty much did vines this year yeah. Um, you know, I did, I did hemp rope last year uh, and had success with it. Um, you know, just 
you know, doing a little of my own research and, you know, listening to some guys that, you know, consistently kill big bucks, uh, watching some YouTube stuff and, um, their reasoning to why they use oak branches or, um, vines or, or, you know, or whatever cedar, you know, their, their reasoning to it made me think like, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously to me, a natural, a vine, you know, there's, People don't look around, or I didn't, never did. Yeah. There's vines everywhere. Right. Like, you don't actually look for them. But once I was like, I need to find some vines to cut right. down to make scrapes, they're everywhere. Right. I have one in my yard. Do people, do you think deer like go and rub or like on vines that are just, just randomly hanging? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, so like Midwest Whitetail guys, uh, Jared Mills in particular, uh, like he, he thinks oak branches are the number one. And then vines are number two, where I think Jeff Sturgis is vine number one. You yeah. know, like it's it's all it's very like you know personal. It, I don't think it really matters yeah. at that point. Like I think just getting something where deer are moving, you know, clearing out the ground, getting it there so that it, it draws their attention. And if you get it early enough, I think like the key is starting now. So that there's enough time to build up to get doe scent, fawn scent, small buck scent. That when the big buck actually comes by it, he's you like, it "This out. is mine. Yeah, I'm taking this." Yeah, and I think that's kind of the key with those. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it matters what it is. People try to sell you on what it is. I think it's something that's like your, you know, chest height that is like, you know, them walking by and being like, "What's this? It smells like deer have touched it." And then they rub on it and do the same exact thing. They have, you know, the glands on their face. They all do the same exact thing. Yeah. It's kind of back to what we talked about on last weekend when we were putting a licking branch slash scrape mm-hmm. in your food plot. Yeah. Um, if you just make it so stupid obvious that right. it's there, then no matter what it is, they're probably going to hit it. Yeah. Know? And it's weird because it's like, do you need to put one in your food plot? I don't know if that matters. Do you put one on a trail? I'm going to put one on a trail, but why should I put it in my food plot? Well, they they create that, you know, movement through your food plot. And it's like, it's weird because I we put one in my food plot and it's like, well, this is in the middle of my food plot and there's not really, you know, an area around where they have a consistent scrape line, but they come to it and yeah. they, they do the same exact thing as if, if it was on a main trail. So... If anything, the reason you put it in the middle of your plot is for the shot opportunity. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, re- really, if you if you're sitting in a stand that is real close to a mock scrape, um, and you can't shoot a deer on that mock scrape, you messed up. Yeah, because um, I, personal experience, I've had that and watched a really nice buck hit a scrape that I couldn't shoot him on, and then he he turned he turned walked right to it hit the scrape, turn around and walked right away. Yeah, that's why I'm, shoot I'm excited for all those locations that I have that I put vines on because deer have been hitting them. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm just wait, you know, that time of year when it starts to come around, I think they're going to hammer them. Maybe I'm wrong, but right. we'll see. Yeah, They've been I mean, hitting them. I, th- I think um, like in my mind, if half of them, get taken over by a big buck i'm happy right you know because there's going to be a weak window that you know that buck could just show up right. or two week window you know like right. before lockdown that you know i mean some years on the 19th 20th of october we got we got bucks hitting scrapes in daylight yeah and then you know that could follow all the way through halloween so it's you know it if anything, you know, if you're hunting a specific buck or you're hunting an area that, you know, there's just good movement, pinch points, you know, some stuff that we hunt, smaller properties with pinch points, at least you're putting something there that if a buck's coming through, they're like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk over and hit that and you get your shot opportunity. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. So, you know, we talk about trail cameras and stuff, and we talk about them probably every time we're on the podcast. But it's like, you know, we've had our cameras out all year. Put your scrapes out, put them on your food plots. Pretty consistent all year, and then all of a sudden, bam, it comes around this time of year within the last week, two weeks, and they just they shut right off. What, like, 
there's so many different theories and I've never really heard someone talk about it on, you know, social media, whatever it is. But if, you know, we were at the bar last weekend just randomly talked to a guy and I'm like, Hey, I don't know, you, what do you, you know, you've been seeing some good deer movement and he's like all summer had, you know, some good deer movement, you know, just consistent, had some nice bucks. And then he's like, last week's been shit. Last two weeks have been shit. I'm like, yeah, same thing. Yeah. I <laughs> but, feel you. Yeah. Um, do you think velvet and then back to the same thing, food? Yeah. You know, I mean, literally in the last two weeks, beans have gone. But you think about it and it's like, yeah, they're velvet stripping. What does that mean? Well, isn't it um, more of like they get like a testosterone boost almost from it? Like they, that's why they get pissed off at each other and split up. Like they lose that velvet, and that's why we watch our bachelor groups leave. Like right. they all, they're all going to split in the next. Two Is weeks. that why we're not seeing as many bucks on our trail camera? And it could be they're looking for new turf. They're going back to their home at range, you know, because you know how it is summer. I right. mean, these bucks group up four or five group four or five bucks in a group. Well, they're not all staying right there. They're not right. all going to be fighting over the same does here in a month. You know, like a lot of those bucks are going to move. Well, I want my bucks to stay there. <laughs> I don't. I have terrible deer, so I need my bucks to come right. into my, right. my area. It's really nice when you don't have any bucks all summer. You're like, where are so all of them? Shane's got big bucks all year. Yeah, I don't got anything. Well, I got that 1170, but I, other than that, yeah. I ain't got anything. Shane. <laughs> Um, but, but back to, uh, <laughs> there's some big deer on, um, you know, back to trail cameras and stuff kind of going dead. Um, we've, we've kind of hit a, you know, it was hot last week or two weeks ago. Um, and then we've kind of hit a little bit of a nighttime cool down and my cameras have picked up tremendously. Uh, you know, not bucks, you know, right. but uh, a few little bucks. I got a, two new bucks. They're small, but they're still like, that's what I think that's going on. These bachelor groups are starting to split. I'm getting little bucks that I haven't gotten. Um, the does and fawns are moving a lot more, um, which is probably just because, you know, it was like 40 something degrees last night. Right. Um, you know, so that I think that's probably a big, a big reason to it just kind of like the wall it's just like a switch of patterns so our our cameras were set we were getting our deer and then it stopped or it changed and now we're like like what's going on right. i didn't i didn't get that buck or i didn't you know i'm not getting that doe with her three fawns right you know like it's just i almost lean a little bit towards that and trust the process yeah you you, you want to be excited because that that you know, the year rolls around and, and bull season is starting up, but it's like, you know what, you know, you want to go shoot a doe or something, whatever. And, but it's like, it's kind of hard to get excited when you have nothing to be excited for. Obviously you put in all this time in the off season. And I think we can all attest that we've put in more time this year than we ever have for, for hunting season. I hope in a month and a half or two months, we can sit back down here and be like, all right, let's watch the video and, <laughs> yeah. and let's let's go score this deer and drink some beers after this because we I I don't want to say we deserve it, but we, we earned it if it happens. Right, it, we put the time in. Anybody can kill a big buck. It can happen. Um, like it doesn't matter. I we could walk out to a five acre public piece on opening day and we might kill a big buck. Right, it just could happen. But we. We bettered our odds. Right. We put the work in to have success. It's just, will it happen or won't it? You know, it's at this point, it's it's a, still in our hands, you know, taking the right, you know, info off of using our cameras and stuff like that to, to try to better our odds. But um, we we did a good job getting ready. Yeah. I think, you know, what are the points of putting a food plot in? What is the point of hanging cameras? What's the point of doing all that stuff? Is the food source good right now? Is it good in October? Is it good in November? Are you trying to keep deer all year? I just think, you know, these small micro, whatever you want to call them, kill plots, you know, maybe they're good during that November, early November, right before. Maybe it's, they're eating, you know, they're, they are getting something to eat. They have to eat during their rut time. They have to eat during the breeding season, you know, their breeding season, and it's a good it's a good spot to better your odds to just be able to 
you know, put something in and for them to stop in. I totally agree. I uh, I honestly was thinking about this year, and it's like, man, if you have, like, say, the one plot that I have is, I don't know, probably 250, 300 yards long, yeah. maybe. And it's like, it kind of sucks because how do you, we talked that one day, how do you hunt it? Right. You either hunt one end or the other or in the middle. Yeah. And you don't know where they're going to come out. And with a micro kill plot, you know, it's right there. You can pretty much shoot the whole thing depending on your spot. I mean, I don't know. But I, I think just having food in there in general in that area, whether it's you're actually hunting over it or you're hunting nearby it, because they're going to go to it. It's just natural. It's an open field. It's probably hard for deer to breed in the woods. I mean, have you ever seen a deer breed in the woods? Well, I think they do in like thick bedding and stuff. But, Maybe, but yeah, I don't I mean, know. I mean, that's but in that situation, you could go back to a watering hole and a mock scrape. Right. You have a mock scrape and a watering hole within twenty five yards of one of your stands in that big food plot. At least you're bettering your odds for them to come to a point in the plot. Right. Um. You know, I'm I don't have any plots that big. Um. But you know, my biggest one is. 30 by 20 and it's an L. So the other side's 20 by 20, you know, it's a nice little L. Um, my mock scrape is 20 yard shot and my watering hole is 25. Right. So, I mean, you can do little things like that. I think the better your odds and well, um, you're a long ways in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're a long ways away from real food. You know what I mean? So it's like that spot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, see that spot's kind of unique because they want to bed in the pines, not the hardwoods because the hardwoods have been logged, maple syrup. They're not, it's not the greatest bedding. Um, it's one of those woods you can, you know, if you're standing at the right spot, you can see most of the way through it. Right. So they want to go to the pines, but, your food source is three, four, five hundred yard walk, depending yeah. on what you're going to. Um, where they're like, you know what? I'm gonna stop and grab a snack in that All food right. plot quick, you know, get a couple bites in, drink a water, and then we'll head to the fields for the night. Right. And it's enclosed in pines all the way around. That's a if if I was gonna sh- if I was gonna predict right now that I was gonna shoot a big buck out of a plot, that's that's the plot. Right. I, I got another plot, too, that's, you know, same thing as Shane's. It's probably an acre, maybe. But it's like... I bet it's a little more than that. It's yeah, maybe. Yeah. But it's like, I don't really want to hunt it. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, you know, I, I want it for late season. I like shed hunting. Right. It's it's fun to hopefully be able to find sheds. But my smaller plots that are, they're stopping at that one before they go somewhere else. Or, you know, this one, the one I have um, near the bigger plot, it's... It's 150, 200 yards away. And it's like, it just, it seems like a plot where they would want to be versus a plot with corn and soybeans in it. And that's it. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're both good. I mean, it's just hard with the bigger ones, like we were talking before. I mean, how do you predict where they're going to be? You know, where, when, like your plot that's close, you know, right by that one. If they're coming through there, they're coming through there, you know? Yeah. It's not and, like they're on the one end and they're, you can't even see them. And I'm the hunting end. the smaller one on a one-wind hunt. The big ones, it's like, yeah, how do you wind, hunt that? You know? you I hunt? mean, how do you hunt your big plot? How do you hunt your big plot um, with a wind? Um, I'm on the one side, and I'm actually, um, like you've seen, I was kinda, I'm was kind of i kind of right in a corner yep. of the field. So I pretty much only hunt with... You know, like a south wind there. Yeah. And no matter if it's southwest or southeast, it always blows into the field. Right, because you got a big ridge at your back. Yeah. 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 I think think for that big plot you're talking, um, if you're going to hunt the west side of the plot, you have to have an east wind. If you're going to hunt the east side, you have to have a west wind. Yeah. Just blow it at the house or blow it at the dam. Yeah. Because you can't blow it at the hill behind you. Right. And I really wouldn't want to blow it across because then you got to go across your your food plot. So right. it's, that's a trick. It is a tricky one. That that plot in general, like I wouldn't advise to hunt because unless there was a buck that you're like, I got hunt it. But just the access to it is, you know, the more I think about it, it's like it's tough. It's yeah. I, I should almost find a way to get into that where I'm 
you know, not, not exposing myself the entire way, but right. what do you do? You know, it's, it's tough. Yeah, for sure. There's a, um, I mean, dogs. Yeah. They're excited. Um, someone's here. <laughs> yeah. I think someone pulled on the driveway. So, um, but like a lot of things with like my, my trail cameras right now, there's quite a few spots that I have that are, um, I, I won't end up going to, right. you know, at all. I won't, I won't walk in there. I won't do anything. Yeah. So, um, it's just, it's my camera until there's a reason to go in there. And I think that plots that situation for you. Right. I think I've, I've set up some spots this year where I've got my stands ready. I've, you know, I'm I'm ready to hunt it. There, I can go there tomorrow, and I can hunt it. And I think the same for you and and Tristan as well. Yeah, I'm gonna keep a, a tree stand back, and you know, me and you, Shane, set up a camera at my at, at a spot on one of the properties that I can hunt. And I think I'm just gonna leave it, and you know, one of those just let times, it soak. Yeah, or uh, or I'm gonna be able to take a stand that I have that I'm not gonna use all year you know, one of my lighter setups and just be a little bit mobile and, and, you know, understand there's a bedding close by, I think. And right. if there's a big buck in the area, he's not going to go too far. And he's pretty in that spot. It's pretty, you're talking the one that we just did. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's pretty, you know, versatile, I guess you could say, you know, you could go way up to the top of the hill or right off the edge, right you know? right near the driveway. And there's really no telling where, but if you get him on camera there, you know um he's there for a certain reason right? right so i mean you can kind of plan based off of that and to haunt him right and my wind in that situation i think if i stay low enough on the you know on the trail i don't have to worry about anything you know say right. i have a south wind yeah they're checking that entire hillside yep. and they're staying low on that hillside i'm just below them a little bit yeah and who the only knows? thing you have to worry about is well, you won't have to worry about, well, yeah, there's a dog there, but the only thing you'd have to really key in on for that spot, what I would think would make that spot better or worse is your thermals. Yeah. You know, like afternoon sitting and, and getting those thermals coming down instead of going up. In the- right, as it's getting colder. Right. But the the nice thing about it is I'm on a hillside and I'm going on the bottom side, you know. Right. Short walk in. Right. Yeah, I think away from every all the bedding areas, so it's not like you're gonna go in and blow everything out. That's the only reason I don't want to go on the hillside. I've done it before, you know. As you get into a new property, it's like you want to go where no one's been and no right. one goes. But sometimes it's like the spots that are, you know, that are you're walking past or what you should right, maybe right. be hunting. Well, I think sometimes too, you just do more damage than good when you do that. Like yeah. it's. It's more of a, like, yeah, I mean, that probably, that could be where the big buck is laying, but, I mean, the chances that you're going to get in there. And during our fall, the the whole forest floor is covered in the loudest right. leaves you've ever looked at in your life. Right. You look at an oak leaf and it's like, <laughs> you right. know, so it's just like, sometimes unless there's some rain or something, it's just like, it's basically um, impossible just to get in somewhere that's, up a hill or somewhere undetected you right. know it's it's just not the easiest thing so um a question i have kind of for both of you is what do you think you know like you did this year that set you up to kill a big mature buck like that you're like this this right here is what i think is going to kill me a big buck versus the other things that you did you know your food plots you always do you know you put a water hole in or maybe that's one of them but what do you think that you did that set you up a little better um, I think that I was going to say watering hole, you yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I hunt pretty much everywhere I hunt has a river. Right. Um, I hunt three properties with rivers, yeah. three different trout streams. Right. So like, I've never been like, ah, there's no water around, but you know, I put water in and then they drank it, you know, 30 gallons and I was like bone dry. And I was like, all right i guess water matters you know so it's i actually have one right now that's i just looked at it it's bone dry so um you know that that could be one for me and then um i think being a little smarter on my sits 
And the reason is because I'm going to have more flexibility this year. Um, I'll have a lot more, you know, a lot of times, like in the last few years with my job, it was, you know, hey, I can hunt. So I got to hunt somewhere. Right. Um, You know, so it was just like, look at the wind and then just go hunt. You know, where this year I think I'm going to be able to, you know, look at my cameras, look at wind and kind of pick and choose if it, you know, there's, there's a few days I won't be able to hunt, but most days I could get out at least for a morning or an evening sit. And I think that's going to be a big factor, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe watering holes or ox scrapes everywhere. I've never done mocks in every single food plot. I've always kind of put a few up, had success and been like, cool, that that worked, you know, but this year, I feel like I was more strategic about it, you know, like looking, getting up in my trees, like legitly I call up in my stand in a couple of the spots and look like, okay, you know, I'm right-handed. I, you know, I got to do the least amount of movement if my mock scrapes on the left side of me because of, you know, how I draw, um, you know, we're going to try to film. So, you know, you're thinking about that and, you know, all the effort that goes into that, you know, it, it, it was, it was more about cutting those limbs that when I normally crawl up in my stand the first week and I go, yeah, that's right where I don't want it. You know, I cut those this year. I, I did all that work early. Um, I think that might be the key. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think, uh, I didn't put out a lot of water holes kind of the same reason as some of them. I have, uh, I have rivers in them. I don't hunt too far from the rivers. I'm, you know, within that 200 range. Um, but I did put a couple water holes in one at a spot where there's not water for a long ways. Um, like 500 gallons of water. I don't know if it's going to hold water yet, but we're going to see. Well, and, and the other place you put it in, there's a pond on the opposite side of the section, but there's, there isn't much there. Right. There's still water in that. I, I haven't seen them drink a lot of water out of that, to be honest with you, which, that's fine, and it's been dry, so maybe there's water where I don't know. Um, I've shed hunted the property to the north, but I don't know if there's water that holds there. So I just, I think, uh, you know, preparing a little more, same thing. I've cut some stands out that I'm like, you know, Shane and I did a little work, and I was like, I'm ready. Just being ready to go when the opportunity comes. You know, if we don't hunt as you know, some of these properties that we hunt, I'm not like got a consistent buck, but if I see a buck, if I do some scouting that I'm looking on the roads, you know, driving by and I see deer, I know there's a buck in the area that I can put myself in a good opportunity and I have the right wind, I can go kill. I think my food plots that I've set up this year, it's more, you know, a little more strategic. Um, I have some in a few different spots that I don't. And then, you know, same thing, mock scrapes, I put them out way more. And I've seen a lot more activity on them than I've seen anywhere else. Yeah. You know, just a quick point. I think I think having a group, a group of us, yeah, helps a lot. We, we bounce ideas off each other. You know, one of us comes up with something like, hey, I'm going to hang mock scrapes this weekend. Next thing you know, we're all doing it. Um, like, hey, I want to get the stand in. I want to get this plot in. I want to hang my cameras. Like, I think that's big, you know, cause then we kind of get to do it as a group. We get, you know, we get that like, Hey, what do you got on camera? Which isn't great for us this year, but hopefully it will be. And, um, I think that that's ad- added to our excitement this year. Like we're all just like one of us got to kill a big buck, you know, us four, we we all put the work in. We all got spots, mock scrapes, cameras, water holes. Um, yeah, I think I think we're like a little overly excited because we've all done this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, where are they? You know, you just expect things to show up, but right. I don't know, Shane. Do you have anything kind of? I mean, we've kind of hit a little bit, but I don't even remember the question to be honest. Shane's been fucking done? sitting over there and thumbing his ass. Yeah, I don't know. I've changed stuff this year. I've changed my thought process a little bit. I. uh I honestly, I'm just really excited for all of us to have, we're all ready with a camera this year yeah. and a full setup to a film. So we should have some really cool footage. I mean, between four of us hunting all pretty good properties, it should be pretty cool by the end of the year. 
Yeah. Um, what I've done differently myself is, um, I have, I just put them out actually a couple of weeks ago, but I put out cameras on bedding areas. I like hunting bedding areas during the rut. And the new property that I got has two pretty, they're pretty hard to get to, but I set it up so pretty much I know what's going on in it. No matter what, there's a scrape in there. And yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty yeah. excited about it. Try something new. Yeah. You know? I think the new property, like you said, is it it's probably gonna take a little to get used to, you know, yeah. how, how things work there and how to access and how to hunt winds and right. because it's a big valley and yeah it's hard access i mean pretty much everywhere you come from or go they can see you yeah which is different can suck you'll learn yeah you're all learn i guess yeah for sure that's part of the game that's that's what makes deer hunting fun is just learning learning new things right i think that's the main thing as long as you learn something after you fuck up it's (laughs) yeah i mean you learn more from that than than anything you know for sure um i was gonna say something too about bedding areas and scrapes um i have a i have a couple spots that they're hardcore bedding that's what they are and there's scrapes on the outskirts of those though i always hang a camera there but there's no tree i can't hunt it if the wind doesn't make sense because it's literally in the middle of this bowl where the rush river bends around and it creates a little there's a it's terrible the wind hits this this um rock wall behind the riverbank and swirls throughout this bedding area there's it's horrible you can't hunt it um but it's there's a scrape back there and i always hang a camera on it that scrape gets mature deer in daylight every single year multiple times um so i think if someone was was to do it early enough get into a known bedding area a doe bedding area and and get a mock scrape hung in a camera you know maybe do the solar you know make sure that battery's good so you do not have to go in there maybe get a stand up for a certain wind and you stay out but when that buck shows up on daylight you know like get in there yeah because that buck's there and he's around or or more bucks will be like there's there's some I have that intel just off of a camera. I just, I physically, like, I will mess it up if I hunt it. But in certain situations, I think people could have great success with a a mock scrape or a a scrape that you know is established every year. Like, that's what this one is. I just, it's a a scrub oak, actually, that there is a scrape under it every single year. Yeah. Um, Like, I... I guarantee I could go hang a camera on it right now in the next two weeks. There'll be a scrape there three yeah. weeks, you know, I think, um, just there's a reason why these bucks show up in this area at the times that they do. And maybe I'm wrong, but they're, they're coming in there into this, maybe so-called doe bedding or some sort of bedding area. There's probably going to be a hot doe in there. And when there's a hot doe in there, you have a window of, you know, you think about cattle breeding three days when a doe is hot she's got a day to two to three days that she's going to be probably bred you know right. you think about it and so if you got if you know kind of and you see some things like I've, I've seen on cameras before like i've seen a doe and then i've seen a buck right after or in the same picture and it's like if you hunted in that area where you know you can hunt your you, the chances of being able to kill a deer in there is probably pretty high well, you're definitely just going to have deer movement. Right. You know, whether it's little bucks or two-year-olds or whatever, you're just going to have the movement because, you know, you know, uh, there's probably a lot of men listening to right. this. You get that smell, <laughs> you're not, you're going to, you're going to go check it out. Right. So, right. Uh, they're thinking about their dick at that time of the year. So, right. Kind of like um, Shane does all the time. Yeah. Popping all kids. And stuff. All right. Um, anything I, else? I can't even defend myself. I don't even have a mic. Well, here's my question for you guys before are you are you planning on wrapping it up? Oh, we got a couple more minutes. So my question for you guys is Oh man, now I lost it. What was it? Here we go. You think about it. Um so basically you're running stealth and tacticam this year? Yep. Um same as I kinda ran last year. Kinda you you're mainly tacticam, right? Um 
what do you what is your thoughts on your cameras on your mock scrapes is there a point that you'll switch them all to video only um so that you know you get that you know the video of your buck or are you going to just keep some on pictures or what's well, kind of your plan you know the nice thing about tacticam i guess and stealth they've kind of both gone to the same thing is you can get pick and vid you know what i yeah. mean so that's that's an They've figured it out. You know, the camera companies have figured it out. I mean, even the stealth cameras, they're like a, whatever you want to call it, you know, like a GIF or whatever. You can see yeah, multiple parts. And, preview. But even Shane said before, you know, like he's seen some movement in the back of a picture or, you know, so-called whatever it is, you know, just seen something and he downloaded the video to it. And holy shit, you know, he's seen a deer where it's like, good thing I downloaded that. Well, kind of where I was going with that because I started it randomly, but is what you had said about getting a picture of a buck and a doe. I think sw- swapping to that that video gets that buck sometimes because sometimes if they're trotting through, that doe triggers and that buck sneaks right through. Right. You know. So if you get that video where you got ten seconds, you get that that buck. Yeah. Um. And that was kind of where I was going with that. Is you know, um spy point tact cam stealth cams they're probably the top three i think personally you know maybe 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 cutty back stealth cam i don't know glenn, I, glenn likes his spartans well sure yeah okay if you don't I'm have talking, a budget i'm talking like under 150 bucks a piece <laughs> uh right i mean there's definitely better cameras out there i think tact cams your your bang for your buck best way to go i think it's um spartans i've seen you know he's got some of them or whatever but i think i don't know you, you can't beat tacticam i i really don't think so i have some spy points that the pictures the videos are great right the battery life is terrible yeah like, it, it'll be interesting to see what the um working class posts of their like whatever that company that they're going through with yeah their, but they're spendy to them and they're not as well known yet, so right. I just if Spy Point could figure out their batteries, they would they could compete. You know, their pricing's good, mm-hmm. um, and and everything. But when the biggest thing, like what we've kind of talked, a lot of us hunt properties that aren't. It's not a quick camera to check, right? You know, it, and the battery life is extremely important, and that's why it's just like I check my Tacticam batteries. And it's a hundred percent, Yeah, you know, and I'm like, I check it four weeks after I put them out. It's a hundred percent or 90%. I do that with a spy point that took a thousand pictures and it's like 38%. And that, that's not good when the temperature is 70 degrees out. Yeah. If it was negative 10, I'd be like, all right, you know, it's negative 10. It yeah. is what it is. But for sure. Shane, yeah. did you think of your question over there? Yeah. So something on that topic before we go to my question, um, well, yeah, what I was Don't telling, forget your question, please. I won't forget it. Right. What I was telling you earlier is, you know, I think it was earlier this year about this topic, is I actually had a deer that I was hunting last year, and I didn't know he, was in the, he wasn't in the area all summer, which he was the year before, and I seen him one day on camera. I went out and hunted, didn't see him. I hunted there a couple times, and... In, I think it was February or January, I pulled that chip because the camera died. And watching all the videos, I noticed there was a doe running by, and I must not have saw it. Because normally if I see a doe running by, I'll just immediately request a video. Like, it it don't matter if there's any chance there's a deer behind her, or if I see something in the background, I'll always request a video because you just never know. And sure enough, that buck ran by right right behind her and i got her him in the video the one that you were looking for yeah and i didn't know he was there and i wasn't hunting obviously but um yeah i guess on that note i always run video i think video is just so there's a lot of guys and i listen to the exodus podcast a lot and they they have talked to guys that you know are the same way they're they're huge into videos because it just tells you i mean you see where they come from where they're going what they're doing you know what deer are with certain deer their attitudes everything and uh yeah i don't know i mean just that's what they're there for it's intel so why wouldn't you learn more off of it you know right that was your question so my question was is if you guys had one tactic this year 
to use and you couldn't use. So I shouldn't even say this year. If you if you had one thing you could do in a spot where you knew there was good deer, water hole, food plot, mock scrape, um, I can't think any other ones, but what tactic would you use if you had one out of, say, those three? Or With hunt on cold front. That's my tactic, yeah. unless I'm going off a of camera intel. But if I know there's good deer in the area, and let's say that deer's been in that food plot, that deer has hit that mock scrape in the past, and I got a 15-degree drop, I'm hunting 100%. Okay, let's say we got to do something different. Okay, I'm going to say I'm getting into an area during the rut. I personally, where I kind of hunt some of my spots it's big areas and there's around the bends, you know, over the hills kind of a spot. I like using calls. I personally do. Yeah. I've had it work before. Um uh I think I think it's kind of cool. I don't think you're nece- if you're overcalling, yeah, that, that that hurts. I don't think that you can necessarily hurt something if you rattle or grunt. I also would like to find a decoy and try that this year. It's November. I I have I've shot a deer and and I wounded a deer over that stupid fucking blow up doll. That's this November. <laughs> yeah, I know. And <laughs> it it worked. I swear to God, I was hunting this little drainage piece in the it split two fields, and I was hunting in a blind. I was a fucking kid, and I had this camera. Could you drive? I think I drove my Kubota like a side by side. Yeah, I was like, you were fifteen. Yeah, and so I packed all this shit in here. I already had a blind in there. I set the thing out. I was like thinking about shit. Like I put it a little bit further past my blind, off to my left. This buck, I hear it. I undo the zipper behind me, and I'm looking. I'm like, I think that's a deer. And I'm like, I'm just gonna get ready. I grab my bow, and sure shit, like walks out right to my right. And as soon as that deer saw that decoy, like I could just see the deer. As soon as it saw the decoy, the hair on that thing's back, like just stuck up and it did a hard like circle around that thing. John Wayne did. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, I want to try, I want to like that plot that me and you did. Imagine putting a scraggly buck in there and a fucking giant comes off the hillside. Like, that's the shit I think about when I go to bed, and that's why I can't sleep at night. I just complained to Anna, my wife, yesterday because it was, like, 11 o'clock last night, and I was on my phone watching YouTube hunting, and I was like, I can't sleep. Yeah. I was like, I can't shut it off. It's too close. <laughs> um, I start thinking about random shit, like, <laughs> scenarios through my head, and I'm like, like, what if this it. happened? Like, what if I know? Um, I got a question for you. What do you consider too much calling? Once um, an hour, twice yeah, an hour? I'd, just based off of how you feel, what the moment is? I mean, I think I have a little ADHD, actually a lot of ADHD. So, like, I definitely have overcalled in the past, but it was one of these pieces. Everybody has. Right. It's one of the, It was one of my pieces where I'm, like, I'm way away from everything else. It's a little pinch point. So, like, if they didn't hear it, they didn't hear it. But if they were close, they heard it. And I think they would have came to at least check something out, but I don't think I was disturbing something every hour. Do you, do you start loud or quiet? Do you have like a, you know what, I'm going to go real soft here and then 20 minutes later, I'm going to slam them. Yeah. I don't just to see, you know, like if something, I feel like if something's within that 80 yard range and you're, and you're real loud, they might be like, yeah, that didn't, you know, that's not quite right. I'm not like slam it hard as fuck in the stand, like breaking my knuckles, but I'm tickling to start. And I'm, you know, like real horns is pretty, you know, I think deer can hear quite a ways, you know, depending on the weather, if I'll pick it up, you know, I only do like 15 seconds. I don't know if it works. I, I've, I've called in deer before. Like I've called in little bucks. I've called in two and a half year olds. I call, I do during the, you know, during the rut, I'll call. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm bringing them with. If you don't, I think you're stupid. Like, at least to try. I have I have two over 140 on the wall because I called them in. Right. I, I uh, October 23rd, I rattled in the 10 point that I shot, like, you know, upper 140s and then 150 in Stockholm. Right. Rattled him in too. Yeah. I, I start 
quiet. I'm not like a professional caller by any means, but I start quiet, a little louder, 10 seconds, tickle at the end, I throw a couple grunts out. Can you be a professional caller for deer? I think there's a guy that I know that could definitely be a professional caller. I don't know. I just feel like I'm not going to say his name, but there's one person is, that I know. I mean, you could be a really bad caller, but I feel like no matter what. There's one tip I'll give you for calling for deer and cut your fucking brow tines off because I <laughs> smashed my thumb last year and it was bleeding in the stand. And it's not like a, oh, fuck, it cut my finger. You know what I mean? Like with a knife. It's like you jammed your skin into your skin and it's not, it doesn't want to bleed, but you cut your skin and it hurts like fuck. Yeah. Especially on your fingers. And your hands. It always cold. hurts. Yeah. So that doesn't help. Right. Um, I, I was That's saying, my tactic. I have a tactic. Um, you only get one. It's bleed. Yeah. And then wait. And then it's grunt two minutes later. And then I grunt a second time two minutes after that and immediately follow with rattle. Yeah. That's what I've always done. I grunt after I rattle and I don't even know if that's how you should do it. I don't know if he lost and he, or if he won and he's standing there like get out of my area now. Get the hell out of here, bro. Your side, but um, my stepdad, I think, is the one when I was like thirteen. He's like, bleed, run, rattle, try it out. And I went up in my stand when I was thirteen, and I was like, yep, bleed, rattle, hit the horns, and I was sitting there, and uh, it's actually kind of a. Tell it quick, but I was a 13 year old, very not concentrated on what was going on. On my phone, heard something, looked down, biggest buck to this day I've ever seen in my life was standing at 15 yards because I rattled him in. Right. And, he, right. and I busted him out of there trying to draw my bow. And then my consolation prize was a. 148 inch 10 point right. <laughs> because he came in second like, i think thing. i was just in the right spot on the right day but but that rattle brought in two four-year-old plus deer i think you like if you call you just stay standing for the next 10 minutes yes <laughs> and just be ready there's been multiple times where i've like grunted rattle i am just thinking of last year because that's like the time that i remember but it was a two like a four pointer, but it's just like a grunt or I rattled, I grunted kind of just sitting there looking around, you know, and stretching my legs, looking behind me and just looking, grab my binos in case I can't see stuff in the brush. I mean, and then I sit down and I look on my phone, I'm fucking around and I hear something and it's like, and it's a five to 10 minutes later. And it's like, Oh, was that? Cause I rattled had to have been, you know what I mean? I, and I don't know, maybe it wasn't, but, I think 10 minutes. You got to like stay standing just to be ready. You just never know when they're going to show up. I mean, they, they could come running and crashing through shit or they're coming through looking like, where is this? Right. You can't move if that happens either. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really like had one come into a rattle. A bleat for sure. I've had some come into the, the little can call. Yep. But um, yeah, I don't, um, from hunting... I've seen or heard deer biting, and I didn't even know it. I was kind of trying to see what was going on because I could hear it. it. wasn't that far away. And as I was trying to see those the deer fighting, I could see some, like, year-and-a-half-old, two-and-a-half-year-olds coming in. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, there was literally, like, two or three of them came up, and they're looking down there. It was the year I shot my buck. Yep. And I don't know if it was my buck fighting with another buck, but... I watched the one run away across the field, and yep. he was a good deer. I mean, he was probably like a 150-class deer, you know? Yep. And I'm assuming he lost. I don't know, because I didn't <laughs> yeah. see the deer that won, but I seen him run away. Normally, if you win, you don't run away. Right. Or the, the bucks don't, you know? Yeah. But I yep. don't know. Do you guys sit in your stand with binos and, and look around and, like, thick brush stuff? Always. For sure. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, mean, I, I sit and scan. And like, I just, yeah, I just like look at stuff. Like, well, that looks like a deer, right? Oh, that's a bitch. Yeah, Shane, what's your your tactic? I mean, this is your question. Now oh, you're on the spot. It Don't would be into the mic ever. It would be, um, probably hunt. I don't have 
I haven't really had any. Deer. This is your fucking question. You I don't. Can't even answer. I haven't really had any deer on. I just want to hear your opinions. Oh, to be honest. Now you're trying to learn from me. That's not a good strategy. There's always something to be taught, man. I guess That's my thing is is, um, I'm trying to hunt scrapes on bedding areas, and hunt them effectively and efficiently, and not blow out the bedding area. But if you have to, you have to. But you know, get in there at the right time. Be a little aggressive. A little more aggressive. aggressive. I'm pretty I'm pretty laid back and not really blowing stuff out normally. I get aggressive and most of the times that I get aggressive I fuck it up. Right. I mean that's the story of my life. I think my biggest thing this year is I've really kinda with the, the two properties, two or three little properties that I've been hunting my pretty much my whole life. Um I only have a couple different winds that I can hunt for those stands. And with this new property, I've been trying to look at it as, like, I can have every wind from, no matter what, I can hunt. The right buck, the right time, the right right wind. If I have a deer on camera, there's one spot I can go in this valley. Right. Or on the edge of this valley to hunt. Because I've never really had that. It's always been one side of the valley or the other. Yep. And now I have both. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's kind of, I don't know. That's a little bit of a new strategy for me, which I think it's cool. I mean, it just kind of gives you, I can't hunt every day. So yeah. when I can hunt or when I need to hunt, I can hunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I think that's, we've covered yeah, a I lot got, for. I got one quick thing um, for you. What uh, What's your, how are you going to balance out west tags and stuff like that with, with Wisconsin? I mean, we have one. I have one, I should say. You have more than I have. Um, We're going out last week in September. I think um, we'll see. We'll see what kind of happens out there. Yeah. Uh, Both of our work schedules are a little different. Obviously, we have to work. But we're a little more flexible. And if we see some good things first week that we're out there, we're going for five days, I believe. And, uh, you know, if one of us shoot a deer, I'll be happy. I'm not expecting us to both shoot a deer, no. but I think, I think one of us should get a shot. I, and I, I'm not, I've never been out there, but from what you've told me and from how we kind of are, I think, uh, we'll push the limits a little bit. I think if one of us kill one, I think we maybe will go out one more time, but we'll see. Um, just cause you have a lot going on too, but my goal this year is I want to shoot a stud. I want to shoot a mature deer in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. And, I mean, yeah, I want to shoot yeah. a buck out west. Like, I'll, I'll sh- you probably don't want to hear this, but I'll, I'll shoot a smaller buck on the third, fourth, fifth day. Um, really? Just because I want to hammer a giant on video in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's I my mean, goal this year. I, I definitely, um, I feel like, for you to get your first mealy with a bow um, would be great regardless. Yep. Um, even if it isn't, you know, the, the cookie cutter giant or, you yep. know, really nice buck. Um, but just to, just to get that, that, you know, oh, first, first, first mealy, yeah. first archery mealy, you know, done would be a, would be a good feat in itself. Um, but I, I know just cause I've hunted that, area quite a bit where deer numbers aren't going to be an issue um you know we have any tags we can shoot whitetail or meal deer it the true test is going to be how good are we at stocking or game planning right that's really where it comes down to because we got to get within 50 60 yards yeah 50 is kind of what i'm planning um so yeah um I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think I think one of us will have an opportunity for sure. And I I don't know. I've never been out there, but definitely I think that'll be a true test, I guess, to see kind of what happens and Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, I just I it's gonna be one of those things where we're both in a Wisconsin mindset and then all of a sudden it's gonna be like, All right, we gotta get in this south you know, this right. this out west, this spotting and stocking mindset here for a couple of days and yeah and you know we're we're not gonna 
we're going to go hard, you know? So yeah, I know uh, the first area I want to go is a five mile walk to get to the Valley. I want a glass. Right. So, and we're packing them five miles out at least. So, I mean, it's, if we kill them, we'll have earned it. Yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm excited for this season. It's, <laughs> it sucks that it's only a couple months and I think our season got extended to it December did. 31st. So January 31st or January yep. 31st. So, I mean, if we got tags to fill by that time, I think some right. of us have spots that are, we'll be able to hunt, you know? And so right. it's, <laughs> It's uh it's go time now. I think uh I think I'm ready. Same. Yeah. How about you, Shane? Yeah, I think so. One last thing, I think uh Shane, you look like the guy kind of like a skinnier version of the Richmond North of Richmond. Mm-hmm. What's his name? A beard Oliver like really Oliver red with Anthony. the light or what? Yeah. That's not his actual name. Oliver? What is it, John Deere? It's like <laughs> No, I listened to the Rogan podcast. Oliver Anthony was his grandpa, so oh. he named it Oliver Anthony Music. But yeah, I'm ready. So let's give her one, two, three, break. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, episode 22. Stay tuned this season. Hopefully, we got some sweet videos coming out. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and soon to have a YouTube.